0: on today's show let's talk about the boomers team australia plays france they get the late win clutch game josh green injury scare dante exum closes the game let's talk about it all in today's locked on mavs locked on australia aussie aussie, aussie. <laughs> i enjoyed that Welcome in. My name is Nick Engstead, host of the Lockdown Mavericks podcast, NBA channel manager at Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for hanging out with us on Lockdown Mavs, a special edition. Normally, we are a daily five days a week, all throughout the offseason, Dallas Mavericks podcast, covering everything from Luka Doncic all the way down to the end of the bench and more. We've been doing this for a long time, but through the offseason, we've been doing, we've been covering the Mavericks in FIBA play. We've talked about Luka and Slovenia a bunch of times. You can check the playlist on the YouTube channel for all those episodes. And today we're talking about Australia. Team Australia. Australia plays France and gets the win. 78-74 to in this one. A game that looked like France was just going to run away with it at the beginning. And so we'll talk about how Australia actually came away with this win. I thought it was a, a really good win for this team, this Boomer's team. But we'll talk about Dante Exum. He ended up closing this game which I thought was a huge thing for him. We'll talk about his role with the Mavericks and things like that. But we got to start with Josh Green. Josh Green starts this game again. This is only his second FIBA preparation game. Again, these are the games preparing the uh, national teams to go and play the actual FIBA World Cup tournament that's coming up next weekend. And so this is these are the, like the prep games. Each team has played four or five, sometimes six of these prep games. And they're just kind of friendlies you know, uh, exhibition games, preseason type games, they don't really count for anything. But they have been physical. <laughs> they have been very physical. Josh Green missed the first couple of games with an elbow injury. He played last game. He started last game. And their coach said that he was going to start this game as well. And he does. He he's started this game. He played pretty decently. But then in the second quarter, with about, about two minutes into the quarter, Josh Green gets a defensive rebound on one end. And he starts pushing the ball up the court. He's dribbling the ball up the court. And then... Vincent Poirier, who's the center for the the for France, he's like their backup backup center. He barely played in this one, but he uh, he also played for the Sixers and the Celtics in the NBA. He stops right at half court. He's def- he picks up Josh Green, but he stops right about at half court, and he pu- pushes his chest out to almost like body check Josh Green. As he's taking the ball up, Josh green tries to spin into him or spin away from him and kind of gets caught in the middle. Cause I don't think he expected him to just stop moving and to, to try to body check him like that. Josh green then looks like he hyper extends his knee and then goes to the ground, gets up immediately starts limping, limps right off the, the floor. Josh giddy calls for the, the game to, to stop. They stop Uh timeout is called. Josh green gets off the floor and then he does stay on the bench initially. But then goes back to the locker room, goes back in the locker room until halftime, and then doesn't come back initially in the third quarter. But he spent the re- you know, about half of the third quarter and the rest of the game on the bench in his warm-up clothes with no wrap or ice or anything on his knee or anything like that. So what I'm taking from this, Josh Green may have hyperextended his knee a little bit. And I reached out to Brian Suterer, who's our uh I, I don't want to say resident, but I guess he <laughs> because that's such a that's a a loaded term, I guess, for a doctor, but our resident. Uh, Twitter doctor who has an incredible YouTube channel. Go check out Brian Suterer. Uh, I'll link it in the description, but he uh, has come on this podcast several times talking about injuries. He's an actual medical doctor that does sports injuries and things like that. And so he commented on it on Twitter after I tagged him and he said, knee hypertension didn't look bad on angle alone. These can also jam the hip and cause labrum slash joint injury. So it's one of those where it didn't look too, it didn't look too bad. If it's just a hyperextension, like he said, didn't look too bad. Doesn't seem to be too concerning. I think Josh Green being on the bench without anything, any wrap or ice or anything on the knee or anything like that is probably a good sign too. Not being a doctor, but uh, he brought Suter made a point to say that you know it could cause other things if there's a, if it if you know the it, the leg jammed up through the hip, it could cause some joint injury or, any, or anything like that. So we've got to wait and see what happens. I don't know if this is going to be an injury that stops him from playing in FIBA. He's had the elbow scare. He's now had this knee hip thing. And he's in he's in the middle of a contract dis- discussion right now. Mark Stein reported a couple days ago that the Mavericks are starting contract e- extension discussions with Josh Green. And so is he wanting to risk any of that by playing anymore? I know it's important for him to play for his national team, but we get into this argument again, the same way we did with Luca when he went down with a couple of, of injuries, injury scares here and there. Do they keep playing? Do they risk it? There's there's a little more at stake for Josh Green right now with this contract talk than there is with Luka. Now, Josh Green is not in a situation where he's going to get injured as much as what Luka is. Luka has the ball all the time. He's running into traffic. He's he's jumping. He's, he's driving. He's doing all that stuff. He can step on it. He's getting double teamed all the time, so stepping on feet is a lot easier for him, that kind of thing. Josh Green, for this Australia team, is playing kind of the, kind of the role and the position that he would play with the Mavericks. He sits in the right corner a lot, but he does stuff out of the right corner. He drives out of the right corner. He gets rebounds. He you know, drives in transition. He pushes the ball in transition and does all that kind of stuff. And so I don't know. They're already down. Uh, Australia's already down. Some players, they don't have a, a couple guys that they would normally have on their team. They talked about it earlier today. And so I don't know. I, I'm not sure if this is a, a an injury that would stop him. It seemed like he was back on the bench. He was walking around. He was part of huddles. He was, you know, doing all the normal stuff that you would do if you were fine and just kind of at the end of the bench. But we'll see. It's one of those we'll wait and see with Josh Green. So that's the injury. But we'll talk about, I'll talk about, he had three points, one rebound and one assist. He played just under eight minutes. He did start the game. But the thing that really stood out to me besides his injury, second play of the game for Australia. Josh Green, right corner, sees that a double team is happening to uh Duop Reith, who's kind of their like big man, like, power forward type guy. He's in the post. A double team comes to Reith, and Josh Green notices it, relocates, and finds a different spot on the three-point line. Reith finds him, and Josh Green hits. <sighs> it was beautiful. Just this confident, confident three. Isaac shared it. I think I shared it on Twitter. You can go and check out our accounts there. He just looks so confident taking a three-point shot. And he hit that one, he missed another one later, but he just looks so much more confident as a shooter than what we saw. Think about the last time that he played Rudy Gobert like in a tight game. It was that playoff game, not last year, but the year before for the Mavericks. And he wouldn't take a three. He was wide open in the corner and wouldn't take the three. Think about the difference between that Josh Green two off seasons ago to this Josh Green this off season. Such a big development from him to be not only a confident shooter, but a good shooter. That's been awesome. He had another play a minute after that to start the game where he attacked a closeout in the corner. So he makes the three in one play. A minute later, defender says, well, I can't just let him take this open three again because he's a good shooter. Runs out, and what Josh Green can do is attack a closeout. Closeout's coming. He drives at him, and then he dished to Nick Kay in the in the paint for a nice little floater. Really easy assist. It, he, so he was part of the, the Australian team's first two buckets. Awesome. A minute after that, he did get stripped on a drive by Evan Fournier. So, live ball turnover. Live ball turnovers were hurting Australia in this game, I thought. Especially in the first half. They are really killing in the first half. France finished with 21 turnovers. Australia only had, uh, what, 12? But in the first half, those those turnovers were really killing them. A couple other things I saw from from Josh Green in this one. We Again, we didn't get to see a ton from him. Um, but he had another straightaway catch-and-shoot three that looked really confident in the first quarter. But... It's just a couple of those plays. I really just talked about every single stat that he had, and a rebound, an assist, and a three. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So that's what we saw from Josh Green. Let me talk about Dante Exum because I thought that he played a pretty decent game and he ended up closing the game. Dante Exum's role in this team is a little bit higher than what he's going to be on the Mavericks. He's their third ball handler. So he's their first guard off the bench. They bring in a couple other guys off the bench like Matisse Thybul and and others. but the, and, and Joe Ingles. But they'll bring in Dante Exum as their backup point guard. They got Josh Giddy, they got Patty Mills, and then it's Dante Exum as their next ball handler. And Dante Exum found himself into a role where he was closing the game with Josh Green hurt, and then Nick Kay went down with an injury, and it seemed like the Australia team was playing better when they were playing smaller and not playing too bigs against, against France. Because France is so much bigger than Australia in this game. I mean, France has Rudy Gobert, obviously. They also have uh, Gershon Yabusele. Who was, uh, you know, is a, a like a big power forward, you know, six nine, but like almost three hundred pounds, probably just a big dude. He's the guy that body slammed Dante Exum in that EuroLeague final game when uh, when Dante when he got suspended and all that kind of stuff happened. So you've probably seen that clip going around. Vincent Poirier mentioned him earlier. He's a seven footer. They also have this guy Mustafa Fall. He's a seven footer. Like they just have so many big guys on France. And Australia decided to zig when they were zagging and decided to go a little bit smaller, play one big, and play multiple guards so that France had to come out of the paint and guard them. Classic thing that every team does against the Rudy Gobert team every single time, and it seemed to work, especially in the second half. And Dante Exum was part of that. Instead of Australia playing both Nick Kay and Duop Reef, they decided to go with Dante Exum towards the end. Exum finished 11 points. He had one assist, just one turnover, and three steals in this one. Just great stuff from Dante Exum. He had a couple of plays that that stood out to me. He had a, a long offensive rebound in the first quarter and pulled up for a two-point jumper. He pulled up an, again for another two-point jumper at the buzzer later, but that's something that he's willing to do. This is a guy that has not been a good shooter in his NBA career but has become a really good three-point shooter in you know, international play. He's played overseas for the last couple of years, and for him to take a two-point jumper, like a pull-up two-point jumper like that, is interesting to me to see something that we wouldn't have expected him. We also saw him post up a couple times in this game. He'll take a smaller guard. He's 6'6". He's really strong and, and big. He can take a smaller guard, post him up, and then find some stuff out of that. And I think the Mavericks can take advantage of that with Tim Hardaway, Seth Curry, Jaden Hardy, Kyrie Irving, all moving around and having you know different off-ball screens and things like that. If you can get Exum posted up the same way that they run Luka... I mean, I can imagine the Mavericks running some stuff that they run for Luca for Exum. It's not the same kind of stuff because Exum can't bail you out of stuff the same way Luca can. He can't score on guys in the post the same way, but to run that kind of guard post action where there's a bunch of other shooters rotating around, uh, Australia did it, and I think the Mavericks can do it too, but that's some great stuff we saw from Exum. He had three steals in this game. Um, he can just he just has a nose for the ball. They were all off ball. There there two of them were off ball where he just saw out of the corner of his eye the ball was just a bad pass and he picked it off. And one of them was he was guarding Gershon, or Gershon Yabuselli at the top of the key. Player came over from France and tried to pass Yabuselli the ball. Exum noticed it right away and before Yabuselli could could really get a handle on it, he had just kind of a loose catch of the ball, Exum came over and just snatched it away, picked his pocket, scored on the other end, Joe Ingles is getting all in Yabuselli's face, like look look at Dante Exum go, he's getting the last laugh, all that kind of stuff, just an incredible play, and probably a really cathartic play for Dante Exum too, score on Yabuselli when he body slammed him, what, like a year ago or something, and he's never apologized for it or anything like that, Exum again, like we said, closed the game, he had a catch and shoot three with about two minutes left it, Looked real confident. Looked like he was was ready to was ready to take it. Uh, and they needed that shot. They were down by two at that point, or they were down by by four at that point, and looked like France could pull away again. But Exum hit a catch and shoot three, and they were only down by one. Thirteen seconds left. Evan Fournier had been killing him all game. He had he finished with twenty nine points. He was hitting a bunch of shots. Dante Exum was the guy that Australia asked to guard him one on one. With Matisse Thibault on the roster with, you know, other guys that they could have turned to. Dante Exum was the one that they said, you go, go, go guard Fournier. He's, he's, he's killing us. Go, go take him. He played really good defense and Ingles almost got the steal, but he stepped out of bounds on that one. And then there's a big mix up at the end where Exum was supposed to be on Fournier. And then they were, they, they changed to, you know, a switching defense. They had initially said, all right, fight over screens and just try stuff like that. But they changed to a switching defense late because there were so many off ball screens from France, and they needed to get to guys quicker. And and Australia didn't realize they were they were doing that, really. And so Dante Exum got caught on the screen. And Evan Fournier was wide open for a three. He missed it. Australia goes and gets the win. But Dante Exum was a big part of it late in this game. He finished with 11 points. Only, yeah, Australia had, Josh Kitty had 12. Nick K, their center, had 12. Uh, Duop Reith had 11 Patty Mills finished with 11, even though he was terrible from three, shot one of nine in this game. And Dante Exum at 11. So they were all kind of right in there. He was one of the, I guess you could say he was one of the leading scorers. (laughs) Two guys at 12 and three guys at 11. But Dante Exum had a big, uh, big impact in this game, I thought. He ended up closing the game. That's great to see from a guy that the Mavericks just picked up and he's kind of just on the end of the bench and we'll see how much he plays. I'm so fascinated to see how the three Bench defender guys, Dante Exum, Omax, and Derrick Jones Jr. Compared to Tim Hardaway, Seth Curry, and Jaden Hardy's minutes. It's going to be really interesting. This is a great win for Australia in general. A couple of things that stood out. Josh Giddey's a baller. He's so great. His passing was absolutely incredible. With about a minute left, he snatched away. No, uh, yeah, like, what was it? Yeah, 30 seconds left. Giddy snatches away an offensive rebound from Gobert. Gobert had the ball in his hands over his head. Josh Giddy runs up behind him, grabs the ball, and pulls it away from him, snatches it away. Patty Mills hits a jumper, and that's basically why they won the game. At that point, they went ahead. They were up 74 to 72 at that point. Josh Giddy, incredible. He had another play uh, with a minute 30 left. Josh Giddy's at the top of the key, pick and roll, and he did a no-look entry pass. Right down the middle of the lane to a cutting uh, Nick K. Just an incredible, incredible pass from Josh Giddy. He was awesome in this one. What did he finish with? 12 points. They only gave him five assists. Three steals. How many rebounds? Six rebounds. He was amazing. He was awesome in this one. One of the reasons why they won. This Australia team's interesting. If Patty Mills can hit some shots, if Joe Ingles can hit some shots, if they could hit any threes, they were six of 28 from Three. In this game, France finished six of twenty. But if they can hit some if they can get some threes from from Patty Mills, from um like Josh Giddy was over three as well. Like they, they just have guys that are so streaky right now. If they can get some threes going, I think they could give some team they're gonna give a lot of teams problems because they're really, really talented. They've got some NBA players, obviously. We'll see what happens with Josh Green. His injury didn't look too bad, but We'll see if they decide to play it cautious. He is in a contract talk right now with the Mavericks, and so if they want to play it safe, they do have some time. They have about a week before the group games start, so they may not have to play it that cautious if he's got almost a week off. So we'll see. Thanks so much for hanging out with us on Lockdown Mavs. We'll be back with more stuff. We'll be back tomorrow night talking Mavericks. We'll do Slovenia and Australia games all next week. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom. Hey, Prime members.